0: Maybe seated. Happy Father's Day to the dads who are present with us this morning. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to find the book of Genesis. Um, first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, is where we're going to be this morning. So if you have a Bible, whether that be an app on your phone or tablet or whatever it might be, to flip that on, um, grab a Bible near you, Genesis chapter 2, this morning. We're going to read verses 1 through 8, although we'll be looking at verses in chapter 3 as well. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground, But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. This morning we begin a two-week series called Man Alive. And this morning, I want to present to us specifically to the men who are here, but there will be broader application for all, a specific truth that I think we we see here, specifically in verse 7. And here's the truth, and then I want to unpack this truth for us in the remainder of our time. The big truth is this, the life truth is this, that becoming a man fully alive has nothing to do with you. Has nothing to do with you but everything to do with Christ has nothing to do with you but everything to do with Christ said another way becoming a man feeling alive has nothing to do with what you achieve but has everything to do with who you have received a couple weeks ago i visited my parents up in michigan my dad has been in full time pastorate ministry for over 45 years and uh, he is now retiring, and they had a big retirement celebration for him at the church in Michigan, where he's currently at. And now, uh, while I was up there, I was able to hang out with my brother, who's about six years younger than me. He's got two boys, and and his name is Phil and Phil and the boys and I were chatting, and Phil had just uh, be, has just become a registered nurse. And so we're sitting around Sunday afternoon, and Phil is and the, only the the humor that a younger brother can provide is detailing all these different experiences funny stories but then also very serious stories that he has experienced and he began to share a serious story with us an experience that has happened to him and he described it, the story this way this event that took place he said it was the middle of the night and a man in mid-50s came in and uh, they put him in a room And in the middle of the night of uh, the hospital room in the middle of the night the man had a massive heart attack and so um, from my brother's words i don 't know anything about nursing at all, but he said it was a code blue, and for those of you that are in that, you under- might understand what that means and so the man had a massive heart attack, and so Phil and other nurses are rushing in and, and all these different things that they 're trying to do to to help him survive this man 's family had just left, and so they are on their way home, and the man is still alert, believe it or not i don't understand how, but in that moment. Um, my brother and other nurses are doing chest compressions on this man to keep him alive. And the man requests, please do everything you can to keep me alive until my family can get back here. And so for, I don't know how long, over an hour at least, the nurses were doing, just taking shifts, doing chest compressions on this man until his family could arrive and he could see them once again before he passed on and which he did. But if at any point in that moment, my brother and the other nurses had stopped doing the chest compressions, as my brother described, this man would have passed on. What kept this man alive was the work of another. And for us as men, becoming fully alive is not up to us. It's not dependent on us. It's not based on what we do. It is dependent upon another. And this morning I want to unpack that for us, but why is it so important for us as men to get this truth? This truth that becoming a man fully alive has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with Christ. Here's what's at stake here. Here's why this is important. Because your marriage is at stake. Your family is at stake. Because it's this truth Getting this truth and understanding this truth and experiencing this reality of this truth will be what will keep you from thinking and believing that you need that porn to keep you feel fully alive. Or you need that other relationship other than your wife to make you feel fully alive. This truth, this reality will protect you from thinking that what you really need to make you feel fully alive is that promotion or that raise or another job or a different wife, a different family, conquering the latest video game, you name it. This truth and getting a hold of this truth, what's at stake here is so much. And what's at stake here is is your own personal joy, your own peace. Because when you think about it, if it's not up to you, it's not up to me, then it takes the pressure off. It takes the pressure off of me trying to get this and do this and be this when I'm trying to get and do and be those things to make me feel alive. And the reality is, becoming a man fully alive is not up to you. It has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with Christ. And the men that you work with, the other guys that you see mowing their yards in the neighborhood, they are longing for a life, a life that you have if you're here in Christ. And if you are not living this life of Christ, why in the world would they want what you have? So what's at stake is even the opportunity for you to share the person of Jesus Christ with other men. There's so much at stake here. Your marriage, your family, your joy, your opportunity for mission. That's why this truth is so incredible for us to get a hold of and grasp. Becoming a man fully alive has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with Christ. And so we go to the beginning. We go to the book of Genesis. Why Genesis? Because that's where it all started for us, guys. It all started for us in Genesis. There was a time when we got along great in our marriage relationship. It was perfect. Genesis 1 and 2. Things were great with us and God, things were great with us and our wife, things were great with us and family, creation, sex was great, maybe it's still great for you, you know, I hope, hope it is, all those, I mean, things were great, things were great. And we have to ask ourselves, so how do we get back to that, right, when things were great, when things were good for us as men? What, what, what was it about that time that made things great? And I think what we have here is some biblical truths that we can unpack that will help us understand what it is that makes a man feel fully alive, come fully alive. And it's right here in chapter 2, verse 7. And he says, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Observation. Adam had nothing to do with his own coming alive. He had nothing to do with it. Absolutely zero. It says, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. It was God that took the ground that he had made, dust, formed it, and literally means squeezed it into shape. Like a potter forming clay. Adam was just clay, just dirt, just ground. And he had nothing. He didn't even make that. God made that. And we think way too highly of ourselves, man. You think way too highly of yourself. I think way too highly of myself. Without God, we're just dirt. We're ground. And the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and and he squeezed him into shape. And like the prophet Isaiah said, in Isaiah chapter 64, he said, Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. God himself then says, Isaiah chapter 45, It is I who made the earth. And created mankind upon it. Adam had nothing to do with his coming alive. And the principle, the implication for us as men is this. You and I have nothing to do with us coming, being, feeling alive. So if you're believing that you'll feel more alive if you just get that next promotion, that raise, that girlfriend, that award. Is to believe something that could never ever and was never ever intended to make you feel alive. And if you're believing that, you are believing a lie. But another implication of this is it takes the pressure off. It takes the, it, it, this is a freeing truth and a reality that God provides for us in Jesus Christ. But think about how counter-cultural this is, guys. The culture we, say, we live in says this, it's about your happiness, so get this, sleep with this girl, drink this, smoke this, have sex with this, change this, and then you'll come and be and feel alive. That's what our culture says. It's an absolute lie from the enemy because all of us know men who have done those things and they just end up in worse places than when they started. So it's a lie. And if you believe that, it's a lie from the enemy. And I've seen this played out in my own family. Adam had nothing to do with his own coming and being, feeling alive. You and I as men have nothing to do with that. We have nothing to do with our own being or feeling alive. That leads us to a second observation is that God had everything to do with Adam coming and being and feeling alive. It's the Lord God who formed the man from the dust Of the ground. It's the Lord God who breathed. It's the self-existing one. It's Jehovah. It's Elohim. Those are the two words that that the author uses here for God. It's a self-existing one. It's Elohim, which is plural, Father, Son, Holy Spirit that forms the man and breathes into the man, making him alive. I mean, think about how all the different ways that God could have made Adam a living being. He could have called the elephant over and said, Slap him upside the side of the head with your trunk, alive. He could have taken water, sprinkled it on the ground, alive, right? There's so many different ways he could have made Adam come alive. Think about the way he chose to make Adam come alive. Think about that for a moment. He said, of all the creation, here's how I want to make this guy, here's how I want to make a man come alive. I want this man to come alive, and I want him to come alive with my life. Don't miss that. That this Father, this Son, this Holy Spirit looks at this shape, Adam, and he goes, To make you alive, I'm gonna give you my life. And I'm gonna breathe into you. And when you get my life, that's when you come alive. That's when you come alive. The scriptures tell us this Jesus said, This Father who breathed into the shape who made Adam come alive in him for as the father has life in himself John chapter 5:26 for as the father has life in himself so he has granted the son also to have life in himself so this triune god this father son holy spirit the father breathes into Adam and Adam comes alive then Jesus says what John 14:6 I am the way the truth and the life the son breathes into Adam and Adam comes alive and then Paul said this about the spirit Through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So during that time, in that moment, when God looks at this shape, he says, there's something different about this man, and I want to to make him alive. I want him to have my life, so I'm going to breathe. Father, breathe. Son, breathe. Spirit, breathe. And man comes alive. He comes alive. It had everything to do with God. The same God who spoke and breathed everything into into existence makes man come alive. And listen, Adam didn't need anything other than God to make him fully alive. Not a thing. The life of God was enough for Adam to be fully alive. Adam needed nothing or no one else to make him alive. What kept that man on the hospital bed in the hospital room where my brother was, was the work of my brother and other nurses. And what keeps us alive, men, and what makes us alive and what will make you come alive is God and no one else. And until we get that, we will always be grappling for other things. We'll all leave, we will always wonder, is there more to this life until we understand that the life, that all there is, is in God himself. And men, the implication then for us is that being a coming, feeling alive has everything to do with God everything to do with the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit but this begs the question right I know I'm speaking mainly to or mostly to to men who would say yeah I'm a follower of Jesus and I get that man I get that I have nothing to do with my coming alive I get the fact that my life needs to be all about God but then why don't I feel alive why Sin. Sin. Chapter 2. Look what God gives to Adam before sin. All right? Look what God gives to Adam. Verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to work it and take care of it. Work was taking place before sin. God gives Adam work. (laughs) Work is a gift. You know why it's a pain? Because of sin. That's why it's a pain. Genesis chapter 3, 17 through 19. Now you're going to sweat when you work. You're not going to like work. It's going to be hard because of sin. Work before sin came into the world was a gift and still is a gift of God to us. And then in verse 16, and the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. God gives Adam the privilege and the opportunity to reciprocate love back to him. He gives him this command, and he says, I'm not going to force you to love me. I want you to love me, so I'm going to give you this command, and you can eat anything in the garden, just don't eat this tree. But if you do, what will be taken from you? Life. Life. If you sin, life is going to be removed. So God gives him work. He gives him the privilege of reciprocating love. He gives him authority, responsibility, Look at what God does next. He says, he forms out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man, just picture this, to see what he would name them. I mean, if I made a piece of art, I want to name it. I want that. If I build something, I want to be able to have a say in what to call this thing. God's like, no, I don't care. I just want it because I love him and I got this relationship with, with, this guy, with, with Adam and, and, he, and I'm his God and I, he's got my life in him. Adam, go for it. Here's all the animals. Name them. I just love watching you be a man and the man that I made you to be. Go for it. He gives them all this stuff. He gives him a wife. And then sin comes into play. Notice what sin does. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And then verses 6 and 7, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. God originally gave the command to Adam. It was up to Adam to relay that command to Eve. God holds Adam responsible for sin. And sin, what does sin do? And this is the third observation. Sin stole and destroys you from coming, feeling, and being alive in God. Adam is fully alive at this point, has the breath of God in him. He doesn't need anything more, anyone else. God in his grace gives him work, gives him love, gives him relationships purely to enjoy for life. But sin ruined it. it, broke it. And then you can read the results of sin to Adam, verse 17 through 19, Genesis 3. Well, what happened? Adam believed a lie. He believed a lie. He exchanged the truth of God and who God was for a lie. Romans 1.25 tells us that they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who was forever praised. Don't you see us doing the same thing? We think work will bring us life. So if I work a little harder, get that promotion, get that raise, then that will make me feel alive. Work was never intended to give you life. It can't. Or relationships, right? Man, if I just, the way my wife's treating me, whatever, you're thinking, all those lies. If I just had a different wife, then I'd come alive. Really? No, they were never intended to give you life. They can't. Only God can give you life and make you feel fully alive. But isn't that what we do, guys? We We're looking to the created things to make us feel alive rather than the God who gave us life in the first place. We're doing the same thing Adam did. Jesus said the thief, the enemy, comes only to to steal and kill and destroy. And it ultimately led to Adam's death. Satan and sin stole life from Adam. And for some of you, he's doing the exact same thing to you. He's stealing life from you. Adam's looking to all these different things other than God himself to bring him life. And they were never intended to give him life. So many of us are allowing sin to knock the wind out of us. I remember when we were in Ireland Grant and the boys played soccer and Grant gave me permission to tell the story. And Grant was maybe seven or eight. They just started playing soccer, and I'm on the sideline, and they're kicking the ball around, right, in the game and all this stuff, and Grant's there, and the kid kicks the ball, and just pretty solid shot, right, solid hit, and, and hits Grant right here, right, knocks the wind out of him. And I don't know if you've ever had the, the wind knocked out of you. It's a horrifying feeling, right, where in that moment, you sound like a pterodactyl, right? <laughs> I mean, you just, right? I mean, you've seen it. Google it sometime. I, like, the other day, I couldn't stop. I was looking, not, knocked the wind out of him, right? And I started Googling t- YouTube videos. Hilarious. Some, at least they were to me. I'm sorry. Okay, someone else was paying. I was getting great joy out of it. maybe Because I've been there. I've been there where you've had the wind knocked out of you. And Grant, well, he gets the wind knocked out of him. And what's he do? I mean, it's that pterodactyl all over again. Like all this stuff. And he's grabbing. It doesn't matter. He doesn't, he's trying to get help. He's trying to get, get wind. And he's reaching for things that can't even give him wind right? He's reaching me. He's just like, somebody help me. I mean, it's just going crazy, right? And and you've seen it. And that's exactly what sin does. Sin knocks the wind out of us and it causes us to try to grab for anything that we think will give us life and those things will never, ever give you life. They never give you life in the first place. So if you're looking to those things to try to make you feel alive, man, stop. Stop it. Get on your knees and repent. And ask a man to come alongside you and pray with you and hold you accountable. It's so easy for me too as a pastor to think that having a bigger church and all these will make me feel alive. I'm in the boat with you. And i have to confess that sin daily. I'm not a... You're not alone in this. And that's what sin will do. It will knock the wind out of us and it will grab for anything other than God to give us our life back. And so, fellas, being alive, coming alive, feeling alive, sin will steal it from you. It will steal it from you. So I suggest to you this morning that the reason you think you need something other than God, whether you're a male, woman here, father, whoever you may be, This applies to all of us. I suggest to you that the reason you think you need something other than God to make you fully alive is because of sin. Because of sin. Either sin in your life, an unbelief about God, a lie about your work, a lie about your wife, your family, yourself. we need to repent and we need to exchange those lies of our culture, the lies of our mind, with the truth and the life of God himself. Fourth observation. Christ and the gospel restores you To coming and being and feeling fully alive. Genesis chapter 3. Sin has taken place. Adam was fully alive and God needed nothing else. Chose something other than God. Life taken away. God steps in and he says, looks at Satan. And he looks at sin and he says this. Love this. See the gospel right here in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. He says, I will put enmity, talking to Satan, between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers And this this next phrase is awesome. Awesome. You got to get this. He says, God says and he, referring to Jesus, he is going to crush your head. Not just like knock it, not just kind of like poof, slap you. He's going to crush your head. He's going to knock you out. He's going to kill you. He's going to destroy you. And between your offspring and hers, and that's referencing Jesus, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. What what's God do? God promises and gives to Adam after his sin. He promises that he's going to send a redeemer. He's going to send a crusher of sin. And that happened at the cross and the resurrection. Because in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, Paul writes to Timothy and says this, the grace of God through the appearing of Jesus Christ killed Death destroyed death and brought life to and immortality to light in the gospel. It's through Christ that you get your wind back. It's through Christ that your life is restored back to you the way God intended it to happen. He is the source. Look what Paul said in Romans. He said this just as a result of one trespass referencing Adam's sin was condemnation for all men. So also the result of one act of righteousness, Christ's sacrifice on the cross, brought justification, making you right with God, that brings life for all men who believe. The gospel, Jesus brings life. John, one of Jesus' closest disciples, says this, and this is the testimony, God has given us eternal life. And where is this eternal life found? And this life is in His Son, He who has the Son has life. Listen, this is so amazing. And we've got to get this, guys. If you have Christ in you right now, you cannot get any more life than what you already have right now. He's eternal life. And eternal life is not something that starts when you die. It starts when you get Jesus. And you possess that life Now, now, (laughs) you have all the life you will ever need when you have Jesus. He's eternal life. Listen, the gospel replaces that empty, nagging, longing for more life with the all sufficient, fully satisfying, everlasting, eternal life who is Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus died, men, to give you your life back, <laughs> to give you his life back. And you get that through Jesus. Not through anyone or anything else, but through Jesus. A couple years ago, I think it was three years ago, I was in a boat accident on the Ohio River. Some of those who were with me on that boat are here this morning. Quite an amazing, now comical experience. At the moment, I thought I was, my life was ended. Seriously, I I did. And we're out on this boat trucking along on the Ohio River, and we're cruising along. And I'm standing up, right, just enjoying my wind blowing through the, or my hair blowing through the wind. Right, whatever, just picture Not really, but the wind blowing through my hair. Anyway, so we're on this boat, right? And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I don't know what happened to this day. I don't know what happened. We hit a wave, wake, I don't know. But all of a sudden, the boat goes, I mean, and I am on the floor of the boat. I had no clue it was coming. I am literally on the floor of the boat. And and it happened multiple times to where it was like, poof, I'm on the floor of the boat. Boat goes up, poof, I'm on the floor of the boat. Again, poof, poof. and I'm just at this point, my, I didn't know at the time, but my ribs w- were broken at that point. And I didn't know this either at the time, but there was another individual in the boat who basically was sandwiching me every time I was hitting the floor of the boat. So I was not just hitting the boat. There was this other individual inside the boat who kept landing on top of me every time I hit the bo- floor of the boat. It hurt badly, right? And and I have asthma, okay? Yeah, I do. I know. And, and, it, and so you can imagine, all right, the, this horrifying feeling. I can barely breathe, I'm on the floor of this boat thinking, even so come Lord Jesus, and it's just like, what is going to happen? And immediately in that moment, I'm like on the, on the ground, so funny now, in the moment it was not, seriously. It, all of us were just like, well, there, there were three guys or four guys in the back of the boat just like watching all this happen, right? There's like other three of us in the front of the boat, and we're just like dying, literally it felt like, and they're just like, <laughs> we get done, and just, anyway. I'm not bitter or anything, but, so I'm on the floor of this boat getting pummeled by this guy, getting pummeled by this wave, I, it's, and I do the pterodactyl, I'm like, Wah! I'm like literally on the ground gasping for air, right, and in that moment I'm like, inhaler, I've got to get, I've got to get that, seriously, I mean, because I, I've had asthma attacks before and I'm just like, they, you think you're going to die, I mean, you just do, and I thought I was, seriously. And so I'm there, I'm like looking around, and I'm like, there it is. I wasn't going, I could barely do that. So I'm like, whatever noise I made, right? And I go and I grab that thing, and I grab it, and I take a couple puffs of that thing, and all of a sudden, although I hurt in other parts, my ankle was broken, ribs were broken, I had my wind back. And that's all I needed in that moment. It's all I needed. And fellas, the gospel's like the inhaler. It gives you your wind back. It gives us our wind back. Being alive, coming alive has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with Christ. And Christ in the gospel restores you to coming, being, feeling fully alive. You cannot get any more life than what you already have in Christ. You can't. The reason why we don't believe that is because we're believing a lie. You are believing a lie. I am believing a lie. And when those thoughts come, those lies start to come, maybe life would be better if, or if I got that, then maybe if, you know, all those different things start to come, here's what you do. You replace it with the gospel. You say this, you say, I have the son, therefore I have life. I have all the life I need because I have Christ, not because of anything that I've done, but because Christ came and gave me his life. You start talking back. Talk out loud. I'm serious. I'm not lying here. I have learned, I am I'm, I'm learning how to do this throughout the day. I will go through my mind and be like, that's a lie from the enemy. That's a lie from the enemy. That's not true. That's not true. Jesus is in me. Jesus, you are in me. I have all the life I need. I don't need that. That's a lie. And you start talking back with the gospel. But here's also what you need to do. Some of you need to, and some of us need to just repent this morning. You need to repent. You are looking to things outside of Christ to give you life and you need to repent of that. You need to tell Jesus you are sorry and you need to pray the prayer of the man who said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And pray that with me. And men, listen, the wind and life of Christ removes the pressure of trying to get life from achievements, from approval, through more authority, through relationships, through sin, the gospel sets us free sets you free. And if you have Christ in you, you have all the life you will ever need, and you have it now because of who Christ is and what he did for us on the cross. And so if I can challenge the men here this morning and challenge all of us this morning, here's your inhaler verse, (laughs) okay? Here's your inhaler verse that you need to know, and you need to speak to yourself over and over and over and over again. It's this. It's that verse from 1 John. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. But there's more to this. He who does not have the Son does not have life. And I do not want to go on without recognizing that there might be some here this morning, you don't have the life because you don't have Christ, and you know it. You know it. And you're trying to get life in so many other things, relationships, achievements, whatever. I'm telling you, they will always fail you. Always. So just surrender. Just surrender to Jesus. Now, right in this moment, right where you sit, just say, Jesus, I want your life. Give me your life. Forgive me my sin of trying to find it in something or someone else. Give me your life. I want you. And he promises that when you call out to him, he will answer and he will rescue you from your sin. He who has the Son has life. So guys, do you have the Son? If you do, you have the life. You have the life. So what do you do now? You preach the gospel to yourself. Preach the gospel to yourself. You start memorizing these verses like 1 John 5. I have the Son, therefore I have life. When the lies come, you preach the truth back to yourself. And then maybe you need to repent. You need to stop. If you're addicted to something that you're trying to find life out of, you need to get help. You need to stop. Go to your living community pastors. Find someone that's here and say, help me. I want to be free of this. And we will come alongside you as brothers. And we will carry you through it. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Becoming a man fully alive (laughs) has nothing to do with you, but has everything to do with Christ. Father, thank you. Thank you for in your grace giving us your life but, Father, forgive us for when we look to things outside of you to find that life or to make us feel alive. Father, I pray for the men who are here this morning specifically. I pray, God, that we would repent of our sin, of seeking things other than you to get us alive. And I pray for us as men, Father, I, I just, on behalf of the guys here, Father, I just pray that you would just help us to believe your truth. Help us to believe that Jesus is enough, that he's the anchor, the anchor of our souls. And God, may we leave this place with peace, with rest, knowing that we don't need to try to achieve anything to get life, but we have it in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Amen. Stand if you would. I don't know how the Spirit's working in you this morning. But I'm going to ask maybe a few of our living community pastors, guys especially, to just kind of make their way to the back, if they would do that. And maybe you're here, and, and you're just like, you know what, I just need, I need a friend, I need a brother, I need someone to come alongside me and help me. Remind me, hold me accountable, remind me that Jesus is my life. Or maybe you just want to spread out in the room, and you just want to get on your knees, and you, want to need, to, you need to confess your sins to Jesus this morning. And maybe not just directed to the men, but to the ladies here as well. Maybe that's you. Maybe you need to surrender your life to Jesus. You need to confess your sin before Him and receive His life. We're gonna sing this song as a final song. And I want us to make this our prayer and this affirmation that He is the anchor this morning. And men, if you're in Christ, be encouraged. If Christ lives in you, you are alive. You're alive because of Him. And so let us sing like it. Let us sing. Let us lift His name up. For he who has the Son has life. Amen.